And Father, I just pray that as we start to talk about the future of one and who we are and where we're going, God, that you would just uh, encourage us, that you would bless us, um, that you would um, that you would just give us uh, a spirit of unity. We love you and thank you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, we're going to jump real quickly into, uh, into our family meeting. I cut my message short a little bit so we'd have some time to do this. not going to keep you long, um, but I just kind of want you to understand who we are and where we're going as a church. And, and, and to understand where we're going, we kind of have to see a few stories of what God has done in our family, what God has done through us. And some of you may not know Cole and Brenda um, Putnam, um, but they're here most Sundays. Uh, they couldn't be here today. Cole is at a job interview and um, couldn't make it. And, uh, and Brenda, you know, has the two girls, and it's just a little bit much of a handful for her to get them all ready and get them here to church. But I recorded just their testimony this last week at her house and just wanted to share their story with you. So, John, can you hit play on that? Let's hear a little bit about Cole and Brenda. Cole. These are our kids, uh, Jenny and Kaylee. Yep, pretty excited today, huh? Hey, Jared just wanted to ask, and uh, or he asked us to talk today about uh, what the church means to us and and uh, how we came to come into the church family. So uh, basically, Brenda and I, when we when we moved back to Arizona from South Carolina, we uh, moved to Queen Creek, or when we were moving to Queen Creek from Chandler, we decided to look for a church. And um, in Chandler, we had no luck. Uh, we lived in Chandler for about two years, and Got about ten different churches, and none of them ever felt right for us. So um, when I moved to Queen Creek, we just decided, hey, you know what? We're going to research three churches, and just check them out, see, you know, see what they have. And um, we, first thing we do is just wrote all the children's ministries and see if they could accommodate Jenna Lee, our uh, beautiful almost seven-year-old uh, daughter with autism, um, and first church to get back to us was one community and uh jennifer was really great when she talked to you she mm-hmm. was she was awesome um yeah just welcome us right on in yeah she said come on in it doesn't matter you know so um we did and, and we planned on seeing all three churches we didn't we ended up just feeling right at home at one community um pastor jared wasn't even there yet it's about two months before and and I guess the church was in turmoil, but we felt right at home amongst family with with uh, everybody being so kind and, and it seemed so lively and and you know the church could talk back and forth. It seemed kind of seemed kind of like just the right place for us. So we really enjoyed it, one community, and um, we hope to uh, be able to continue to stay here and grow. Because the last two weeks, I have completely butchered our end. Um, always remember in Christ, we are. So I'm so thankful that you're back to handle that. 
Um, so that's Cole and Brenda's story. They're really new to our church over the last couple months, maybe seven months. And so I've asked, also asked Anita to come and just share real quick a little bit about her story and um, someone who's been around a while and was kind of helping the ch- lead the church during the transition. Awesome, just to see where God has taken us over this last year and a half. Um, You know, every time I get asked to share a little bit about my testimony, it still kind of gets me teary because um, that's just how much God's grace has blessed my life that it just brings me to tears because those are tears of joy, Um, just because I know where I was before I came to one. And... um, you know, uh, Sarah and I and our friend Jen were actually just talking the other day about, uh, you know, how the church really needs to be the island of the misfit toys. So we were kind of laughing about, you know, when you mes- mentioned that, it just really struck a chord because, um, you know, I was at a place before I came to one just about four years ago um, where I, I just really strayed really far from what God's purpose was for my life. And um, it really was through prayers uh, from people in the church, from uh, people who were here that are not here anymore, um, praying me in um, and recognizing that I needed to be in a place where there were other believers to encourage me so that I can be an encouragement to somebody else. Um, I had a friend of mine speak some words of truth to me and said, uh, if you're waiting for a perfect church, you're going to wait till Jesus comes back. (laughs) And that really struck a chord. Um, And, you know, I I have to laugh about, you know, experiencing God's grace here um, because I didn't have to come in with all of my life sorted out. Um, You know, I came in and I was loved and I was encouraged, and I was prayed for and poured into. My son was poured into, and God taught me about surrender again, and it was gentle. It wasn't forced upon me, and it reminded me that my life was not my own, that what he was doing in my life was going to be a testimony for other people here in this community, and as we encourage other people to come and we love on them and we encourage them, it's not up, us to, uh, us to, up to us excuse me, to decide how long they stay or how often they come, but it's our job to love them while they're here so they can be empowered to go out and make a difference in this community. And so I just want to encourage you um, and thank you for uh, continuing to believe in what God is doing through this ministry at one. why we exist. We exist for stories like that, for Anita's testimony, for Cole and Brenda, and I'm sure many of you have stories and testimonies of how God has changed you and encouraged you from one, and, um, and we plan on putting that as a regular part of who we are and, and sharing those stories with each other, because that's what brings us life, and that's what brings us hope, and that, that's what reminds us, you know, what, what one exists for, and what the fellowship of believers exists for, and who we're trying to be and who we're going to become in the future. So what does that mean for us? Just want to kind of give you a few thoughts about how we're becoming one. 
Um, the first thing is we're going to become one with God. What does that look like to become one with God? How can we create those environments? How can we create opportunities for people to connect with our Savior, with, with Jesus? And the first thing is that we want to create environments where people experience God. That's what this space is for. That's why we spent you know, a few thousand dollars renovating a house you know, into a worship space and putting time and energy and effort and volunteers you know, building all this stuff around us was to create a place, an environment, where people could experience God. And we don't experience God in walls. We experience God through people. And so it's your stories touching other people and talking and laughing and encouraging one another on a Sunday morning that, that helps people to connect who, who with God and connect with who God is. So we worship by, we, we become one with God by, by creating environment. We do it by, by, through worship, through putting our time and energy and our effort into giving Sarah and the worship team an incredible opportunity to create this environment of, of telling God how great he is and and how majestic and, and how much of his love he deserves. We become one with God through relevant and biblical teaching. And, you know, every week I'm, I'm working and I'm planning and I'm preparing and I'm trying to figure out how do I take God's word and put it on the bottom shelf so that people like me can understand it, you know? How do I put it down here so that it connects with people's hearts and helps them to understand truths about our Savior? The last thing that we become one with God is by generous giving. Supporting the work of one by blessing the community and giving to missions around the world. You know, one of the things that God has convicted me of, you know, over the last few months is the fact that, that um, right now when we take tithes, we keep it to ourselves. And we have, you know, salaries to pay and we have a building to, to prepare. We have, we want to keep the air conditioner running. You know, we experienced a Sunday like that during the summer. We want to make sure the water stays on. We've done that before too. Um, <laughs> But we also want God's message to go out throughout the world. And one has to partner with organizations and with people across the globe. And so one of the things that we're going to discover and we're going to figure out as a church is how do we tithe as a church to those ministries that are, that are making God's name great um, throughout our country, throughout South America, throughout Africa, throughout Europe or wherever you know, God gives us opportunities to partner. So generous giving. And the only way that we get to do those things is if, is if we give to support the ministry here. So we want to become one with God. We want to become one with each other. What does that look like? Isn't that a beautiful, beautiful picture? Bunch of knuckleheads. So we become one with each other. How do we do that? One is by committing to authentic, to, to authentic and real relationships. Look, I've been a part of Sunday morning services, like I told you last week, where we come in and we play the game and, you know, we say, how are you doing? And they say, fine, and they don't really mean it. And how are you doing? We're fine, and we don't really mean it. But what if we put all the niceties aside and we just got real with each other? We just said, look, this is what I need help with. This is what you need help with. How can we bless one another? And we do that by taking off the mask and taking down the walls and really committing us as individuals, to being real and authentic in our faith with each other. So it's building those close relationships, helping each other through life. How many of you have gone through something difficult in 2015? Yeah, man, I'm raising my hand. I moved to Arizona. That was hard enough, especially during the summer. Uh, It was brutal. But here's the deal, is that we need those relationships. If you've gone through something difficult, you need your one community church family 
to come beside you and to come around you and say, we're here to walk you through this dark place in life. I'm here to be your light when you don't feel light. I'm here to be your encouragement when you don't feel encouraged. I'm here to be your love when you don't feel loving. Does that make sense? So we want real authentic relationships. We want to dig deeper into God's word and in small groups. You know, this last, this last January, um, just a couple months ago, we, we kicked off our small groups for 2016. I'm so grateful for all, those, for all of you who are being a part of it. And if you're not, I just want to encourage you to do it. To, to dive into one of our small groups because it's getting into God's word together and asking those questions that help us dig deeper into our relationships and with each other. We become one with each other by using our gifts to build up the church. Every single one of you have gifts and ability and talents that God has placed in your life. Every single one of you. Every single one of you. Even you, Kim. Oh, don't do that. Every single one of you have abilities, have gifts, have talents. The scripture in Romans says, and 1 Corinthians talks about how when we became followers of Jesus, the Holy Spirit came upon us and a part of us, and through him, he's given us gifts and talents and abilities to bless the church. And so we do that. We use them. We create fun opportunities and parties to enjoy each other. You know, we, we, we have to spend more time enjoying each other's company. And so once the weather warms up, we're going we're gonna to have some of those parties. We're going to have pool parties. We're going to have opportunities just to be around each other, to encourage one another, and to c- create that community. And the last thing is that we regularly take communion together. We regularly have communion in the back. Um, we regularly take it together as a church body because that's, that's the glue that holds us together. The blood and the body of Jesus that was broken and shed for us is the glue that, that keeps us together as a family. And so, so we become one with each other. And the last thing is we become one with our community. What does that look like? Well, one, yeah, it's a pancake. I love pancakes. Um, it's pancake jam, some pictures I found online. So we, how do we do it? We do it by building bridges with organizations serving Santin Valley and Queen Creek. Here's the deal, is that we don't have the finances um, as a church to meet everybody's needs in Santin Valley. No church does. But there are other organizations who are doing good in our community that we can be volunteers and we can be supporters and we can be a blessing to. And so we build bridges with those organizations and we say, how can we help? We don't have a whole lot of finances right now, but we do have people and we do have the love of Jesus and we want to be a blessing to you. The second thing is we create opportunities to live love. You know, one of the things that drew me to this church was the idea of taking opportunities to serve the community with no strings attached and just do good for the sake of doing good. The scripture says that Jesus went from town to town doing good. Doing good. And that's what we want to be known for. We become one with our community by taking personal responsibility to invite our neighbors and friends to experience God at one. See, how do we grow? How do we multiply our church family? Not for the sake of just being bigger, but because more lives are being touched. Because more people are experiencing God's grace and God's mercy because more families are being strengthened and more marriages are are being restored and more children are coming to know Jesus. How do we do that? Well, we do it by me and by you taking personal responsibility to say, hey, I have this place that I go to worship. They're a bunch of knuckleheads, but they're really good people and they love Jesus and would love for you to come. And when I say knuckleheads, I mean it with a sincere joy in my heart. Um, But they're my family. 
And they've made a difference in my life, and I think they can be an encouragement to you. And when each of us take personal responsibility to connect with people and to invite them to come be a part of what we're doing, we grow. We grow. I mean, just think. If each one of us invited one person to be a part of our one community fellowship in the next year, we wouldn't have the chairs to sit them. We'd have to have two services, just like that, because our church would grow from 70 people to 140 people. If each of us just invited one person, I think each one of us can think about one person in our lives and invite them to be a part of what we're doing here at One. So that's one. We want to be one with our community, one with God, and one with each other. I got sweat on my fingers, and now my iPad won't work. So let's keep going. So now that we've kind of understand where we are as a church and the direction that we're going, um, just with our vision and our mission and, and being one and what that means for us, let's talk a little bit about the budget and the financials and all that good stuff so that everybody's on the same page. Yeah, Dave Ramsey. Brother Dave, we uh, have an experience with him every Wednesday night, don't we, Kim? Yeah. So what does that mean for us? What's our one budget and financials? Well, the big number you need to understand, go to the next slide, is that our yearly budget is $127,204. That's to pay salaries. That's to do a little bit of ministry. That's to, well, a whole lot of ministry, but a little bit of funds into our ministries and to keep the lights and the mortgage and all that good stuff running. What does that look like on a monthly? Well, when you divide it by 12, it's $10,600.33. What does it look like weekly? It's $2,650.08 is what we need on a weekly basis to meet our budget needs. So what do we get? Let's go to the next slide. So what's our average monthly giving? Since September, when when, uh, Haley and I came and been a part of what one is, um, that one church, is our average monthly income is $5,896. We have our state ministry supporting us to $35,000, and they started giving to us in August of 2015 um, as a way to help me come in and and take care of my salary and help pay for my salary with the church. Um, It doesn't pay for my full salary, but it, it pays for some of it. And, um, and so that's a monthly income of $2,916.67, and they send a check, or they will be sending a check every single month um, to help offset those costs. And so our total monthly income is $8,812.67. That's between what we get in in tithes and what the state, um, we have a church that supports us, and then our state supports us um, with, with a regular regular income. And so it's $8,812. Go to the next slide. So what does that mean? That means if you take the 10000 that we need and you minus the 8000 that means we're short on a monthly basis of $1,787.67. That's roughly $450 a week. So what does that mean for one? What does that mean for us? Well, it means at this point, um, we're operating um, in a way that we can't sustain. Um, that we do have some money in our bank. We have some reserves. We have some place, you know, to kind of meet that, to make the ends meet. But as a church, um, we're, we're operating a little bit short every single week. And so what does that mean for us? Well, that means that over the next year and a half, well, actually over the next few months, we need to make up that weekly difference of $450. Um, that either through us, you know, increasing our, our regular tithes and offerings and giving just a little bit more to the church. We need to make up that difference so that we don't burn through 
all of the money that we have in the bank that we're using for ministry and for renovations, for everything, for other things happening in the life of the church. So over the next few months, we have a little bit of a cushion there. I don't expect it all to get taken care of over this next week, but, but just over the next few months, we need to start closing that gap. And the quicker we can close the gap, the longer it gives us the opportunity to grow, to bring new people to be a part of our church. What does that mean over the next year and a half? Um, the state has said, we love you guys, we're supporting you guys, but we can't guarantee that in a year and a half we're going to be able to re-up and give you another $35,000 a year. We can't commit to that. Um, we'll, we're open to see where you are as a church and, and what God's doing in your life, um, but we'll, we just don't know if the money will be there. We just don't know if the churches will be giving the way they're supposed to. So they can't commit to that. So that means over the next year and a half, we need to make up that gap of $1,176 a week so that we can be self-sustaining as a church. Now, that seems like a lot of money, but what that means, really, it just means 10 families, 10 giving families giving an extra $100 a week, or 20 giving families giving an extra $50 a week. That's doable. It may not be doable for us right now as a church, but we have a year and a half for God to bless us, for God to help us grow and to bring new families and to be a part of what we're doing and and to, to gather some support for us to keep moving forward. So how can we make this happen? One, our church family can increase their weekly giving. Or two, we can grow. Not or, but and, we can grow. Why? Why do we want to grow? Just so we can be big? Look, I don't really care about being big for the sake of being big. I've been a part of big churches before. The church I was a part of, you know, in North Phoenix, we were over 1,000 people, 1,400 people. Um, I've been a part of big churches. I don't care about being big so that I can say, look at me, we're a big church. We want to grow because people matter. We want to grow because we have neighbors and family members and, and strangers that God hasn't helped us to meet just yet that need to receive his grace and his mercy and his love Um, that need to experience what we've experienced in our life because of our relationship with Jesus. So we need to grow because people are worth it. And we need to grow because we need people to partner with us in our ministry. We need our tithes and offerings to grow so that we can continue to do great things here and eventually one day build a little bit building, a little bit bigger building there. That is a tongue twister. A little bit bigger building Right there. We have the space. We have the opportunity to grow and to build something great to really do good in our community. So how can you do it? It's one, take the five-in-one challenge. Think about this. You probably have five people that you bump into on a regular basis that you can invite to church. So what if each one of us just took personal responsibility to invite five different people or three or two, I don't care, but regularly invite some people to be a part of what we're doing at one. To say, hey, I have this church I go to. I would love for you to come and be a part of it with me. Come check it out. Um, it may be a little bit nerve-wracking, a little bit hard for some of us introverts, um, but, but our God is worth it, and our ministry is worth it here. So, through vomited a lot of information at you real quick, so I just want to take a second and answer any kind of questions, if I can. If I can't answer them today, um, I'll do my best to research them this week and to try to give you an answer next Sunday at the end of service. So does anybody have any questions about us as a church or about the direction that we're heading or just about the budget or the finances or the income or, or whatever? Does anybody have any questions or any thoughts? What's that? Okay. 
Anybody have any questions? Here's the deal. I'm not worried. I'm not worried as your pastor. Um, I firmly and truly believe that we're in the center of God's will and in his hands. And, uh, and I know that he's going to take care of us. I know that he's going to do good um, in us and through us. Remember in the message? Not because we deserve it, but because that's just who he is. He's a God of grace, and he's a God of generous giving. And uh, if we just lean into him and continue to do his work, he's going to provide for us what we need as families, as individuals, um, as followers of Jesus, as a community. And so I, I'm not worried about that. And I hope you didn't catch a vibe from me that I wasn't trying to give. Um, I, I truly and firmly believe that, uh, that God is going to do something amazing through us as we continue to lean into him and trust him in, in our future.